0: DJ and PK, we are joined now by Mike Luke, Arizona Wildcats pre- and post-game host on 1290 AM in Tucson. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you all doing? We are doing well. We're looking forward to the start of college football. And I'm curious, are Arizona fans looking forward to the start of it? Or they got one eye open and one eye closed because this is going to be a bit of a project and there's a long losing streak and it may be a while before it gets better. What are they thinking?
1: Um, it's a, well, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's a little bit of both because you got to remember, Arizona football right now is in the midst of a 12-game losing streak. So, and last game was well, seventy to seven against a fairly pedestrian ASU team. But the good news is, Jed Fish has come in, and when he was initially announced as the head coach, a lot of people were like, "Huh," but he's come in, he's recruited incredibly well, and he's done everything right. You know, he's been available for the fans, he's been available for the media. And, you know, right now he's looking like he might be able to bring in a top 25 class, which, let's uh, you know, let's be honest, in Arizona, that's a big deal.
2: I look at the These, job that Jed Fish has to do, and I compare it to what Bronco Mendenhall had to do at BYU in...
1: Great comparison.
2: 2004-5. They had three consecutive losing seasons. The program was a mess. And just his ability to get everybody together and unify the team and focus it on the task at hand led to six wins. It's in the Mountain West, so it's probably easier than what uh, Arizona has to do in the Pac-12, particularly in the Pac-12 South. With that in mind, how much do you think just the fact that Jed Fish can come in with all this enthusiasm, and I grew up in Arizona, went to ASU, so I followed the U of A, and I've heard all these things you've been saying. How much do you think that can translate? Maybe, you know, not big time success this year, but maybe more success, success than originally anticipated?
1: Uh, yes, I think, that's a, I think that's a great point. And the, the comparison to Menton Hall, I think, is a fascinating one because, as you guys know, BYU is kind of a program right now that I think Arizona fans should be should should look to uh, should look to emulate because you look at it and what's the first thing at least from you know my perspective I look at BYU and I think of stability and I think of basically a solid program and that's essentially what Arizona has not been for the last twenty plus years and so yes the uh, jet fish comes in here and it's going to take a little while. But at least everybody is on the same page, which is a
2: huge
1: difference from in the past You know, with Kevin Sumlin where it didn't really look like anybody was on the same page. Everybody was kind of just going in different ways. There's all these you know, questions about what's going on off the field. So, yes, the program continuity and stability looks to be headed certainly in the right direction. The problem, though, fellas, is there's just not much talent on this roster, if we're being honest.
0: So when you see a twelve and a half point spread, do uh, you think that's about right?
1: Oh, I think I think BYU covers that. I would imagine when I when it first came out at eleven and a half, it felt a little low to me. I would guess, and this is just a guess, I would guess that that point spread probably hits around fourteen by the time kickoff hits. Um, I know that there's obviously been money that's gone in on BYU. The, here's the problem, and I know you guys are breaking in a new quarterback. But just looking across, you know, just looking at the, just looking at your guys' offensive line, looking at some of the skill position players, you're just a lot bigger than Arizona. And you know, newsflash, you know BYU, you're probably going to have some older guys on the team. And you know, it, it's great to come out and have this ability to be able to throw some younger guys out out there. And you know, you got an energetic coaching staff, and I think this game could be close for a little while. But I think honestly, I think with the way that BYU's got this going, this is going to be a problem for Arizona, and that's as much of a indictment against Arizona as it is a pro, you know, BYU remark.
2: So Fish says he's going to go with the two quarterbacks. How's it going to play out, though? When's the second one coming in?
1: Um, you know, this is an it's an interesting question because. Jetfish also said that there has been separation between the two quarterbacks, and my opinion is is that Gunner Cruz, who is the starting quarterback, obviously is the one that has probably shown some separation in practice. Because <laughs> I don't know a lot of I don't know a lot of head coaches that are going to say, you know what, um, our backup's shown a lot of separation in practice. We're going to go with the other guy. So. I think Gunnar Cruz honestly is gonna get his opportunity and like Jed Fish said, he's, um he said, you know, listen, we're gonna go with two quarterbacks, but if you know one guy is one guy's got the hot hand, I'm gonna keep him going. And I'm I think that that's probably what they want. Here's the here's the thing that here's the thing that's interesting though, is that Will Plummer, who's the backup, has a lot more physical ability, bigger arm, can move around really, really good. What um but the problem is He's an interception machine. He was that way in high school. He's been like that in spring practice. Uh, Cruz is far more, uh, I would say, far more reliable. But the problem, and I think, I think you guys will see this come game time, is that he holds on to the ball way too long. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, in practice and scrimmage, since most of it's been open, that he would just be running around. And you know there's six, seven seconds, and then he just chucks it. He's got a, he doesn't, he's not great at reading the field, and I think that's going to be an issue for him, especially come opening night.
0: Mike Luke, joining us, Arizona Wildcats pre and post game host. You you print you 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 have a pretty bleak picture here for the Wildcats. Where would they have an offense, defense, special teams, run, pass? Where might they have an advantage against BYU?
1: Okay, so there are a couple good things. I'm glad I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up. I think the running game is going to be fairly decent. They got a kid named Michael Wiley, who is been on is on the Dope Walker watch list. He's kind of the proverbial running back that he you know he'll get four to five carries a game, then he gets 32 yards. So you look at it, and you're like, wow, his yards per carries is you know six or seven. He's a kid that I and he's really bulked up this off season. He's a guy that I think has a chance to go for a thousand yards. He's quite good. Now, and defensively, I think if Arizona is going to surprise some people, oh, and by the way, for all your uh, uh, listeners out there, I think Arizona does is better than the two and a half wins. I think they get three. Totally off topic, but when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, there's one guy that yeah, I think is going to be a monster for Arizona, and his name is Jalen Harris. He's a six six. 240 pound junior Don Brown who's the new defensive coordinator who was Michigan coordinator for five years obviously has been around some talent has compared him to a lot of guys that he worked with that went on to play in the NFL guys like Chase Winovich players like that and I would he's the one that I would tell BYU fans to certainly keep an eye on because Don Brown without saying it, I think is expecting him to have around a 10- or 11-sack season. And I think the defense, as long as they don't get totally worn down, I think that they can cobble together maybe a fairly decent unit.
2: Uh, As I understand it, in researching, I think they like their cornerbacks too. So I'm interested to see what the cornerbacks can do against BYU, which has deep and I think has a good level of receivers.
1: The corner the cornerbacks are interesting because you've got two kids. You've got a guy in Christian Roland Wallace, who is the only corner on the team, or excuse me, the only player on the team that has a had a legitimate USC offer out of high school. Um, Arizona generally doesn't get those kind of guys. And so he's gonna be lined up on one side. And then on the other side, you're probably gonna have Isaiah Rutherford a Notre Dame transfer who is an ex-four-star kid out of California. And they're both fairly tall guys. I mean, you know, Isaiah Rutherford's about six one. Roland Wallace is probably around five eleven, six foot, but he's a bulky, you know, 195, 200-pound guy. So, yes, they haven't shown a ton in games because, obviously, you know, they haven't played a ton. But I would imagine if Arizona's going to surprise some people, those are the duo right there that are going to have to be good and they're going to be able to have to not really be on an island because they're not those type of players but they're going to have to both be above average pac 12 caliber players for arizona to put together a pretty good defensive unit so yes you're 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 spot on right there there's cautious optimism when it comes to both the corners
0: do you believe arizona will be able to tackle any better than they have in the past
1: Yes just because they can't get any worse um, the last you know the last couple years under uh, uh, Kevin Sumlin, it was a combination of terrible technique and guys that just really didn't care and the first thing Don Brown uh, said when he came in is if you don't run to the ball and you don't tackle you won't play for me and he means it. this is a unit or this is a team that you know there's not a ton of expectations you know when you go into the season with a two and a half win, When you go into the season with a a two-and-a-half win over-under, you're obviously not expected to do a ton. But the one thing about this team, though, and the one thing about uh, Brown is he knows that. And so this is kind of a bridge. You know, I don't want to say throwaway year. I think that's a little too lazy. But so if these guys don't play, I mean, he'll literally throw in the second and third stringers and say, okay, you know what, they might not have the ability that the first-team guys do, but at least when they get their hands on the ball carrier, they're going to tackle them. So it's certainly a thing where, you know, BYU, I imagine, is going to continue to run the ball, and Arizona's going to have to be able to tackle because there's going to probably be a lot of second-level tackle opportunities for the linebackers.
2: You already mentioned the one running back. I'm wondering where the Northwestern transfer Anderson fits in because he had success in the Big Ten.
1: He's an interesting guy because he's Damian Anderson's son, so he's an NFL, you know, he's got NFL bloodlines. He's, it's weird, though, because he's gone back and forth in camp. Sometimes he was running with the backups. Sometimes he was running with the threes and the fours. He's, he, he, did have some, he did have some success, you're right, at, North, at Northwestern, but he's also one of these guys, too, that when you look at him, he's not a really big dude. He doesn't really stand out in practice. I think he's probably going to get the second team reps come, uh, come game time. And it'll be interesting to see what he can do with those because, you know, as you guys know, some guys, sometimes people are gamers. Sometimes people go out there and they just, you know, and they just need the lights to go on. And I think if you're Arizona, you're hoping that's the case because he ideally, I think, with his experience would be the perfect uh, complement to what Michael Wiley does at the running back position.
0: So there's a lot of transfers. Is the transfer portal the way to go to rebuild – the University of Arizona football program, or is this just kind of a one-off because they need guys?
1: You know what's funny? Jet Fish mentioned that in his or in his uh, coach's show, and I think it's a twofold. Uh, uh, first of all, you needed guys. Um, but second of all, he made a point, though. He said if you look at the transfers that we brought in, a lot of these guys are guys that have three or four years to play. And so he brought up Isaiah Rutherford. You brought up a uh, Jason Harris, a defensive end from Colorado, who was a four-star uh, pass rusher. Um, you look at guys like that; they have three to four years to play. Where, and then you know you do look at it. it's got some guys like a uh, a Trey Hayward, who was a transfer, you know, from uh, Western Michigan, who was a small school All-American type. He's only got one year to play, but he's he was good enough that you obviously bring in a guy like that. So I think you try to bring in guys that can play, but you also buoy them, hopefully with guys that you know can come in and hopefully be able to play and contribute immediately, even if it's just for one year. You know, same thing with a guy like a Gunner Cruz. He comes in, he's still got four years to play at the quarterback position. So there's a lot of these guys that it's almost with the with the COVID exception. It's almost like you're bringing in guys that are almost high school kids if you think they're good enough. Where are the wins coming from? It's <sighs> a great question. So I, uh, they should, they're, they're, they're going to beat NAU, and if they don't beat NAU, then there's obviously even bigger problems than we think. I think they have a pretty good chance against San Diego State. Uh, that game's at home. I know San Diego State's won 10-11 games. A lot, but at the same time, they're losing seventy percent of their people. Then I think in the Pac-12 they're going to have to sneak one, whether that's whether that's Colorado. You know, you've got a game, you've got a game against Cal, UCLA, possibly Washington State. They've got a few winnable games there, and so I think they go into the conference two and one, and I think they win one, possibly two conference games. So that's where. I know I didn't give you the exact three, but I think those were two come from, and I think that they've got, or they certainly got some winnable games in the conference.
0: Well, Mike, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking a little uh, wildcat football. And BYU fans like the way you think. Cougars are going to cover, so BYU fans are on board with that.
1: Anytime, you know, it's one of those things. Even if, uh, even if Arizona loses, it's, it's. I think we're just excited down here just to get a new era rocking and rolling.
0: Mike Luke, Arizona Wildcats pre- and post-game host on 1290 AM in Tucson. Join us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. A reminder, tomorrow morning, 835, we're going to give away tickets to see Utah and Weber State. Make sure you're listening at 835 tomorrow morning for your chance to win. Your feedback coming up next.